Say, dear Lord, tonight I thank you for your presence, God. I thank you for your fire, Jesus. And I pray that you and I become closer in the name of Jesus. Reveal yourself into me and use me for your glory. In the name above all names, in the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of applause right now. Come on, come on, guys, give the Lord a hand of applause right now. Jesus, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say praise God. Say hallelujah one more time. (laughs) Amen. Greet your neighbor, give him a high five, tell him what's up. To add, tell them welcome to Elevate. Come on, man. Jesus, love bomb on each other. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Okay. Yes, please. Stay up. Okay, real quick. Take a look at the screen. The beginning. Keeping in step with the Spirit. Okay? That's what I'm going to be talking about today. Keeping in step with the Spirit. All right? How far are you willing to go is my question to you, Elevate. How far are you willing to go? Will you go where Jesus sends you to go? You know that song, where you go, I go, what you say, I say, God, what you pray, I pray. How far are you willing to go where Jesus tells you to go? Will you say what Jesus tells you to say? Will you pray what he puts on your heart to pray? See, I want you to dwell on these two statements real quick. Walk by faith and not by sight. It's a popular saying here at Metro Praise. We walk by faith, not by sight. You know, we walk by what Jesus says to us. We walk by how we feel in the spirit. We don't walk by the things that we see in life because we see many things nowadays that brings us down, right? The world today is not perfect. So I want you to dwell on that. Walk by faith, not by sight. And keep in step with the spirit. Those are the two things I want you to focus on throughout the whole time. So right now I want you guys to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 20, verse 17. And we're going to read through to verse 28. Let me know when you get there. Say amen. Okay. Now, as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. All right, now I want you guys to underline in verse 18 the word betrayed. And I want you to follow through and underline the word condemn, the word death, the word mocked, the word logged, and crucified. Basically, right here, the scripture is saying that Jesus was beat and crucified. Jesus was beat and crucified, okay? And he knew of this, all right? Because like it says in verse 17, now as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside and said to them, the Son of Man will be betrayed. He will be condemned. He will be put to death. He will be mocked, flogged, and crucified, okay? So I want to open us up in prayer real quick. Okay, so everybody by your head, close your eyes. Lord, I come to you right now, Lord, and I just ask that you would have your way, Lord. I pray. That, Lord, as you speak through me, Jesus, it would pierce the hearts of every person in here listening, my God. I pray, Lord, that we would live a life, oh God, of faith. That we would keep in step with your spirit, Lord. I pray that we would each take something from this today, Lord. From the leaders down to the visitor, my God. I ask all of this in your mighty name. Amen. 
Okay, I want you guys to open up. Turn to Matthew 16, verse 24 right now. Okay? In this scripture, God says to his disciples, If any would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In this scripture, Jesus is directing his disciples, okay? He says to the disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But, now in Mark, you guys don't have to turn to Mark, but in Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 38, it says it like this. Then he called to the crowd and to the disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Okay, this one in Mark, in this chapter, he's directing it to the crowd and the disciples. Before, it was just to the disciples. But right here in Mark, it shows you this wasn't only for the 12 back then. This goes for everyone now. Okay? If you want to save your life, you better lose it in Jesus. Okay? We must pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow him. And that's what I want to focus on. You see, Jesus carried the cross to his own death knowingly. He knew. He foretold it to the disciples. He knew what he was going to do. You see, you have already been told that to live for Jesus, there will be trials and tribulations in life. That you will face hard times. God doesn't promise you a problem-free life. Not at all. He doesn't promise that. On the contrary, he promises you eternal life if you live according to his word. To deny oneself means to put aside your own selfish desires in order to follow Christ and serve. To follow and to serve his purpose regarding the cost. See, that's what we're called to do. We're called to follow him, to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross and do what he said to do. You know, this here is where we are to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about, keeping in step with the Spirit. See, in order to follow and to serve, we need to keep in step with it. Because if we're not in step, then then we become stagnant. If we're not in step, you know, this is like Jesus is walking side by side you, and you're still here, and Jesus is like over there. The Holy Spirit's over there. Well, if you're over here and not doing what he wants you to do over there, am I right? If you were to follow me, if you were to follow me, I tell you to come with me. We're going to go... I guess, let's say we're going to Walgreens. And I want you to come with me to Walgreens, but if you stay right outside the door, are you really coming with me? No, right? You see, the cross of Christ is a symbol of quite a few things. Suffering, of death, of shame, ridicule, rejection, self-denial. See, when we look to the cross, that's what we see. We don't see butterflies and rainbows. We see what Jesus had to go through that day. He died on the cross. He suffered on the cross. He was ridiculed by all the people, rejected by all of them. You see, so what do you think Jesus Christ is saying to you when he tells you to pick up your cross and follow him? Is he saying, you know what? You're going to have this beautiful life. I'm going to give you everything your heart's desires. You know, I'm gonna, it's just going to be beautiful. It's going to be pancakes and syrup. No, it's not going to be sweet. You know, you will face times in life where you will be rejected. You will suffer. You see, 1 Peter 4.13 says, But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. You see, this is temporary. Right here, this, the scripture just said, You will be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. When Jesus comes back, 
When Jesus comes back, he's going to redeem all his people, all those living for him. You guys will receive that joy. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you it's a burden to live for God because I'm living for God. Adolfo's living for God. Adam's living for God. All the, you guys here are living for God, and I'm not trying to say that it's going to be hard. You know, that it's not going to be, you know, easy at times, that it's not going to be, you know, completely difficult. But I am saying that you're going to face things in life that are going to be hard. You know, Jesus died on the cross. Acts 10.39 says, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, on a cross. You see, Hebrews 12.2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus. You know, Jesus was rejected, people. And even today as we walk around the streets and we go and we witness and we evangelize to all these people, we're rejected, we're made fun of. You know, but Jesus was rejected. In Matthew 29, verse, uh, 27, verse 39, it says that those who passed by heard, hurled insults at him, shaking their heads in shame and disgust. You know, when you evangelize to somebody and they cuss you out, you know how you feel so horrible? Well, Jesus went through that with so many people on his way to die for them. On his way to die for them. He knew what he was doing. Remember I said he went to the cross knowingly. He knew he was going to die for these people. And don't you think, man, just think about it. You're carrying the cross and you've got people cursing at you, hitting you, throwing things at you, and you know that you're going to die just for them. You know you're going to die just for them. The person that is, that is dragging you through the dirt, you know you're going to die for them. Don't you think that Jesus at one point, because he was man, wanted to give up? Don't you think at one point Jesus was like, man, I can't do this. Because remember, he prayed to the Father and said, Jesus, could you take this cup from me? But let your will, not my will be done. You know, the Lord was speaking to me this weekend. And I knew I was going to preach. And I was so nervous. And I've never been so nervous in my life to get up in front of you guys because I do small groups. You know, but it hit me so hard that we need to keep in step with the Spirit, that we need to follow Jesus everywhere we go because if we don't follow Jesus and if we step out of that or we stay stagnant, we miss it all. We miss it all. We need to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 20, verse verse 20. The heading is a mother's request, okay? And a mother will do anything for her children, all right? Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. She asked a favor of Jesus. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. Okay, so side note. These two sons were James and John's, if you didn't know. Verse 22 says, you don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from the cup, from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. 
Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. But as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, I want to focus on verse 22 because I could talk about the first being last, you know, and serving and all that good stuff. But I want to focus on 22. If you, right here, you don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. You see, the cup Jesus had to drink was the cup of redemption. And do you know how that drink tasted? It must have tasted bitter. Another word for bitter is harsh, all right? Everybody say harsh. That's what it tasted like. But he drank it because of his great love for us. You see, the Bible says that we need to carry our cross and follow Jesus gets you hyped right gets you excited man i get to carry my cross like jesus you know i get to carry it and walk down the street you know like jesus said but you know what so many times i don't think we truly understand what it is that that scripture is trying to say i don't think we fully understand what it means to carry our cross you know it's really serious all you guys are like you know but i'm not coming at you all crazy i'm just saying sometimes we don't understand what it means to carry our cross you know, but let, let, let's tickle your brain real quick, okay? Jesus carried his cross, the, own, his, the cross, to his own death knowingly, like I told you. You see, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, if you can turn there with me. And let me get an amen when you're there. Amen. Let me get an amen, amen, amen. Okay. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, Okay, somebody say believe. Not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Somebody say suffer. See, we will suffer, people. But the Spirit of the Lord will guide us. It will give us the strength we need to persevere. If we live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit, we will be considered children of God. Say, the Spirit of the Lord lives in me. Okay. Romans 8, verse... 19 through 14 says it like this. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you. Okay, so who, who raised their hand and said the spirit lives in them? Who raised it? Okay, well, there's a couple of you. Okay, so that means the sinf- that you are not controlled by the sinful nature, okay, because the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who was raised, uh, Jesus, from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal body because through his spirit you live. Say, I live because of his spirit. And it continues, it continues on to say, let me, let me fix this real quick. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation It's not only brothers, though, okay, sisters? We have an obligation, all right? Amen? Can I get an amen from all the girls? Amen. We have an obligation. But it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. You will die. And I'm talking about you will die physically and spiritually. Because if you you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, when you die, that's it. Okay? So right here we continue. 
But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That is why it is so important to keep in step with the Spirit. Because the Spirit will lead you in everything you do. Because when you are led by the Spirit, you want to do things that the Spirit commands you to do. The things that Jesus wants you to do. You understand? See, my question to you is this. Where are you willing to walk? Where are you willing to walk? You know, are you going to be the type of person that when they see the need, they walk in the opposite direction? You know, because you're intimidated. That when you see the need because, oh my God, the gangbanger looks too scary. I can't go to him. I have to walk this way. Because you know what? He, he's terrifying. I don't know about him. Are you too scared to talk to the person who's dealing with depression? Are you too scared to talk to the person dealing with suicide? Are you too scared? You see, my question to you is, where are you willing to walk? Matthew 10, verse 37 through 38 says it like this. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus said those words. That sounds pretty harsh, right? Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. You would think, man, Jesus, you commanded me to love my parents. What's going on? You see, but this, this is what Jesus is trying to say. If you love them more, if you care about them more than you care about Jesus, then you are not worthy. If you put them before the plans that I have for you, if you put them before me, then you are not worthy. He goes on to say that anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy. You guys don't have kids, but one day you'll understand that if you put them before God, you are not worthy. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me, I'm going to repeat that again. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. You see, many times we would we'd be in utter shock. You know, not worthy. Not worthy. But Lord, but Lord, I do this. I do this, that, and the other. You know, I evangelize once a month. I read my Bible twice a week. I pray like five minutes before I go to sleep. You know, we're content with that. We have like a mediocre Christian life. You know, like... We, we look up to the leaders like they're supernatural, super spiritual. Like, Adolfo, you pray every day for an hour? That'd be crazy. You know, I pray for like five minutes before I go to sleep. You know, and I'm good. You know, you think you got your spiritual high when you, when you pray for five minutes and you felt the goosebumps and you go to sleep? You, you know, you evangelize to, twice a month to, to people that you don't know and you feel content. You haven't even won a soul for Jesus and you've been saved for like four or five years. You know, those are the statistics, people. I'm talking about people that have been living for the Lord longer than you, longer than me, longer than Adolfo. People who've been living for like seven years, you know, so-called Christians, living for the Lord seven years of their life, haven't even read the whole Bible. Don't, don't read it every day. Pray maybe an hour in total a week. You know, what kind of lifestyle is that? You see, my question to you is where are you willing to walk? And I don't mean literally walking. Will you walk with Jesus when he tells you to do something? Will you say what Jesus wants you to say? Will you act on what he wants you to act upon? Jesus. I can only imagine nowadays what some Christians think living for God is. I'll tell you this, though. Right now, Elevate, it isn't a mediocre Christian life. It isn't a life where you evangelize once a month and feel good and you hardly have a devotion life. It isn't that at all. You see, because when you come to Elevate, this is the one thing we stress. We stress getting plugged in. We stress the 101. We want you to get plugged in. We know that you've been connected because you're here. We know that you've received God when you come here. But you know what? Now you get discipled. You get plugged in that you learn how to live a Christian life. You learn how to pray. You learn how to read your word. And trust me, when you do that, you will evangelize. Because we have it like 10 days a week out here. You know, we do evangelism. You see, Paul says in Galatians, if you will turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. Let me get an amen when you're there. 
For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. Say contrary. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, say led by the spirit. You are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, Paul sums it up right there, that if you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And let me tell you, if you do these things, you are not a child of God. If you do these things, the Spirit of God is not in you, okay? You are not a child of God. When you lie, when you cheat, when you take things that don't belong to you, when you do things in secret that you know you shouldn't do, you are not a child of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, self, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, there, there's the word again, crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And right here, this is, this is the main point. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us walk like Jesus. Let us talk like Jesus. Let us love like Jesus. If we are Christian, that means we are Christ-like. So let's be like Christ. Let us be like Christ. Let us, let us walk to where the need is. Let us, let us deny ourselves first and foremost. Because how easy is it for us to put ourselves first? In the lunch line, right, in high school, when that lunchroom gets packed. Oh, come on, Prosser. I remember when I was in Prosser, the lunchroom... You'd have to leave right right after class, right, to run to that lunchtime. And then right by the door, it's like you got 15 people in the doorway. Isn't that right? Can I get somebody from Pastor to say amen? <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. But I bet it's like that in every high school. But you see, the first will be last, right? We learned that. And, you know, we need to learn to deny ourselves. So when you're in that lunchroom and you're home, you know, your stomach's like growling and people can hear you, you know, just I'll let you first. Deny yourself. But I'm just kidding. But look. I'm talking about when there are things in life that will get in the way of you and God to deny yourself because we are all obligated. If we are children of God, we are obligated to follow Jesus. We are obligated to deny the sinful nature. We are obligated to step out in faith, to live above the norm because we're elevators, right? We live above the norm. Okay? How many people are living above the norm in this place? Because like, like Danny said, we, we're aliens in this world. We, we don't belong here. It says it in Corinthians. We are aliens in this world. So because of that, let us, let us step out in that faith. Let us follow Jesus and do what we have to do. Let us individually pick up our cross and follow God. I'm talking about follow God when it's hard. I'm talking about follow God when it's easy. Because the hardest part is to follow God when it's hard. Because how many times do we want to give up? I mean, I've been saved for the Lord. I've been saved and living for the Lord for four years. And I, I don't know about you, but throughout that time it was not easy. Trials and temptations and tribulations came and tried to bring me down. But I t- I'm right here. I'm before you. And I'm living, for the, I'm living for God 100% of the way. And, I, and I'm encouraging you guys today to pick up that cross and follow Jesus. 
Because like, like I said, the cross symbolizes a lot of things. Suffering, rejection, shame, death. Because you won't die physically carrying that cross. But you will die. You're, you will die. Your pride will die. You will be humbled. You know what I'm saying? You will die to yourself. You will feel it. Because you're going to realize that you're going to be doing things that you really don't want to do, but you do them because of the love you have for God. I'll tell you this much. When I got saved and I was trying to follow the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, evangelizing was not easy for me. It was not easy for me to come up to someone and say, you know, Jesus loves you. You know, he died on the cross for you. Repent. Because God forbid you say those words to somebody out on the street. Oh, what you talking about? What you mean I need to repent? What you mean I'm going to go to hell if I don't live for him? You know, I'm a good person. You know how many times I got that today and I only talked to like four people? I'm a good person. You know, I go to church once a week. You know, I pray every night before I go to sleep. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. We are to be led by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. Remember, like I said, I told you guys to dwell on those two things. We walk by and not by. And we must keep in step with the Man, you guys know my whole message. That's what it is. That's what I'm talking about. That's all it was. Picking up your cross and following Jesus, walking by faith and not by sight. Because let me tell you, when you pick up that cross and you start to walk by the things you see, you are going to be so discouraged. When you pick up that cross and you follow Jesus and you just look at the physical and you just see the world, you will be discouraged. Because you're going to see so many people who hate you, so many people who dislike you. Your so-called friends don't want to talk to you. Your so-called friends will talk about you behind your back because, oh, you, you, you're religious, you're, you're Jesus freak, you know, and it becomes to them to be too much. You know, you, you want to talk about Jesus all the time, and to them, man, you, you bugging me. You get out my ear with all of that. But you see, that's what it is to be led by the Spirit. If you are led by the Spirit and you're doing things like that and it's bothering them, you're doing a good thing, guys, Okay? When I was in high school and I was doing that because I was led by the Spirit to do it, I lost all my friends. Okay? I lost all my friends. But look at Everyone in this room is my friend. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I have a lot of friends now. All right? You know, because if I had to lose the seven or the four or five that I hung out with in high school, it was worth it if I got like 15 and 20 now. All right? So don't be discouraged, but be encouraged to live for God. Be encouraged to walk by faith and not by sight. Be encouraged to keep in step with the Spirit. Because I know that in here it might be difficult to live for God. In here it might be difficult to keep in step with the Spirit. But like I said, the Lord will give you the strength you need. The Spirit, when you have it, will guide you. It will give you all the strength you need. That's why we call upon God for that strength. That's why we call upon God to lead us and guide us. Because you know what? We don't want to step out of the Spirit. Because when we step out of the will of God, things mess up. How many people know that when you step out of the will of God, things mess up? Amen. You know, so let us be in the will of God because if you step out of the will of God, it ain't going to be easy. So I want to close out in prayer right now. And I want everybody to close your eyes and bow your head. Lord, I come to you right now, Father God. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak to our hearts, Jesus. I ask that right now, Lord, that you would reveal to us, dear God, our faults, Lord. I pray that right now, Jesus, that if we are not following you, Lord, if we are not keeping in step with your spirit, God, that you would reveal it to us right now. Lord, speak to our hearts, Jesus. If there is anyone in this place who right now does not have a relationship with God, I want you to raise your hands, no one looking around. If you know that in this place 
you don't have a relationship with Jesus, meaning you are not born again, you have not repented of your sins, and you, and you know you need him, I want you to raise your hands without anyone looking. Is the hands coming up? Amen. Lord, I ask that right now, Jesus, you would begin to minister to their hearts. Adam, if you could come up and pray for them, and Adolfo, if you can too. Jesus, I ask that right now, Lord, that for the rest of us, Lord, who have you, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, if there's any faults within us, God. If we have done things this week, dear God, that we haven't confessed to anyone, Lord, if we have done things, Jesus, that have pulled us out of the spirit, that have taken us astray, God, that you would reveal it to us, Lord. Lord, you are merciful and you are compassionate, God, and you are loving, Lord. And I ask that right now, Lord, if there is anyone in this room, dear God, who has stepped out of your spirit, dear God, who has become stagnant, who has become comfortable, that you would speak to their hearts right now, Lord. Jesus, we need you, Lord. Jesus, we want you. Because a life without you is meaningless, Lord. A life without you is empty, God. And we need you in this life, Lord. Lord, lead us. Lead us, Lord, on your straight but narrow path, God. Because we want to follow you. We want to follow you. We want to walk and talk like you, Jesus. Because where you go, we will go, Lord. What you say, we will say, God. Well, Lord, I ask that you would just have your way, Lord. Have your way with this time, dear God. Have your way in our lives, Lord. We surrender them to you, God. We surrender it all to you, Lord, because you are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy of our very lives, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that right now, Jesus, as as we close out, Lord, this time, that we would dwell on the word that was preached, dear God, that we would dwell on, on the scriptures, dear God, that we would dwell on the fact that we live a life by faith and not by sight, and that in order to be in your will, Jesus, we need to keep in step with your spirit, God. Lord, I ask all of this in your mighty name, and we say amen.